Hey guys, Lucas here. Before you get into your super fun episode of Elwood City Limits, I just want to thank everyone for nominating us for the Best of Halifax Award, but the battle's not over yet. We still want to get into the top three because it's a big deal for us. Uh, uh, The podcast gets a lot of notoriety from it. We get a fun plaque, and we even get invited to a cool party. So if you want all of those fun things for us here at ECL, just go to bestofhalifax.com, and you scroll down to News and Media, and in the Best Podcast section, vote for Elwood City Limits. Thank you. Well, it's the end. Well, not quite the end of summer. It's the end of August. And I I mean, I guess I'm still in that school mindset. I guess it helps when you uh, do a podcast about a cartoon that you watch when you were in school. I'm thinking that it's the end of the summer. We've still got a few weeks left, but I think the hottest days of the year are probably over by now. Uh, And but uh, not unless you have a particularly a particular album spinning in your car or in your disc man or perhaps in your jukebox and we're here to talk about such an album today hey it's will young and this is elwood city limits the episodic arthur podcast coming at you at the end of august with a special presentation and ecl presents we have done past episodes uh on two of the three Arthur albums. And if you haven't listened to them yet, you should go and check them out. They're a lot of fun. And I think it's high time that we talk about the third and to date final Arthur album. And that's called Arthur's Really Rockin' Music Mix. But of course, I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I need I need help. I need somebody who really understands not just Arthur, not just music, but Arthur-related music better than anybody else that I know. And you may have heard him on the Arthur's Perfect Christmas uh, album review. And he's here once again. Who else could it be but DJ Bob? Hey, Bob. Hello! How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. It's good to hear from you again. It's been a while. It's awesome to be here. So, of course, thank you, Bob, first and foremost, for um, for for getting this album into my hands. Uh, I think it would have been a little bit difficult to, to track yeah, this I one down. Yeah, I don't think this one is on um, YouTube or anywhere. Mm. Not sure. And it's and I and I imagine I have I have never heard of this before doing Elwood City Limits and like looking it up on Wikipedia. So this one is definitely not from my childhood. Yeah, this was kind of when I stopped watching, sort mm. of. So this maybe we maybe we should get it out of the way right now. So before we started recording, Bob asked me a very important question. If I knew what day that this particular album was I mean, it's not like they knew. No, but of course not. But in (laughs) 9-11. Yeah, I mean, literally, this album was released on September 11th, 2001. Can you even imagine trying to do anything? That day, oh my gosh, I can't. I they must have been pulling their hair out over at uh, over at the record company. Yeah, and the record company that it was released on only released these albums. The Arthur albums. That's it. Hmm, that's interesting. I I, I didn't look any further into this. Do you know if it, if it was part of like was it a PBS subsidiary or was it uh, a Canadian it production? Like, it was like an imprint of some record company they only did kid stuff and if they release more then i don't know but that's all i heard interesting i think you've got a little bit more musical know-how than i do so i uh i i bow to your superior knowledge here so uh bob we go from uh christmas songs to uh a little bit more traditional fare this is this isn't tied to any part of the year now and these i think this is the first time that they are um, doing original songs for an album. Because if you remember, the first almost, I forget, I can never say the title right, the first album <laughs> was, was the songs from the show with a few extra. 
Yes, yeah, they they came home original, I think. Mm-hmm. So these never, with the exception of one, these were never on the television show. They just purely made these for the album. Yeah, some of them I wish were on because I want to hear how they would have played out. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that how it ties into the television show. So why don't we uh, why don't we kick this off here? And this is. So the album starts with the one song that is was part of the show. In fact, quite recently, if you were listening to Elwood City Limits this year, I believe we encountered it uh, closer to the beginning of the year. It is uh, it's called "Believe in Yourself" (parentheses Arthur Theme Remix). <laughs> And I say, believe in yourself. And I say, believe in yourself. And I say, what a wonderful kind of day. Now, on a technical standpoint, I would like to know who did this. Mm-hmm. Because that's not credited. Really? I, I, I wasn't able to find any uh, any credits for uh, for the album. I imagine the voice actors are all credited for you know their individual songs. But, but no- I would like to talk to them. Mm-hmm. More of a technical on my show about how it came together. Because it's such a mix-mash of production style it's interesting yeah you know it kind of reminds me of a type of remix and i don't mean this as an insult or anything it reminds me of something that you would find on youtube because of the use of the clips from the show like these extended voice clips that i all that i wasn't ready for you were watching arthur from the beginning so were you ever exposed to this before the podcast the remix I'm sure that I was. Uh, we were kind of surprised, Lucas and I, when we found this as part of the credits, and we were like, hey, wait a second. But I somewhat remember hearing this when I was a kid, but I, I mean, when when I was younger, I didn't exactly stick around for the end credits, so I don't have like any strong memories tied to it or anything. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that kind of sounds familiar. I only remember that part with mm-hmm. Frankine singing. That shit. Oh, just as the, a kid? The, the You Can Fly? You can fly That's part. All I remembered. Okay, it's, it's, I like it. I I do too. Um, I like I said the the voice clips that they use in here actually end up serving the song pretty well. Uh, I liked I liked the bit in the middle where uh, uh, rappers like Thomas Edison invented the phonograph, and then it's a little bit of a breakdown. That's kind of cool. I love that. that is like. That's why I would love to talk to the producer. Like, did they comb through clips for the it to be produced? Like, it's just so it fits so well. Mm-hmm. There, there's a couple. There's a couple parts of it that are a little. Um, the I guess the flow of it doesn't like doesn't always go completely smoothly. But the parts that work really work. I I had I had fun listening to this the yeah. full way through instead of just at the end of an episode. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after this one, we get our first full original vocal song. And this is uh, Francine singing, I Don't Want to Wake Up. Francine, it's time to get up. don't know how to describe it it's very broadway kind of like like uh not broadway in the sense of how they're singing but the way it's laid out okay what what, what do you mean by that a meaning like there's a storyline mm. and we're talking about her storyline and what she wants to do and it's like the opening of a musical when you would wake up mm-hmm Okay, I see what you mean. Um, like, I could picture her, like, the alarm clock buzzing and her jumping out of bed and, like, 
or like being like head under the covers, like just mad at the world, and then she just starts singing. It lends itself very well to to visuals to kind yeah. of imagining what's going on. The best way I could describe it, if you remember the the movie A Goofy Movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Where the song After Today, kind of that vibe where it's like the alarm clock buzzes, then he starts singing, getting ready for school. Like that whole like feel. Like if there was a part of an episode, I can see that. You actually just reminded me that's something that I was going to uh, do for my birthday is, is uh, for, force my wife and I to watch a Goofy movie because I haven't seen it in so long and it's way overdue for a rewatch. Oh, he's great. <laughs> I could uh, do a whole episode about that. Oh man, I bet you could. I probably could too. I just need I just need the refresher. I need the refresher. Uh so yeah, this is about Francine just saying she doesn't want to wake up in the morning. And this I feel like is gonna be this is gonna be a comment that's gonna continue through a lot of these uh us reviewing these songs. You it reminds you how good of a singer Francine's voice actor Jody Rester is. Oh She's yeah. So good in this. She... She's so good in that. Like, she's also really good in the Elwood Kitty Turns 100 episode. Mm-hmm. That. And that's, and that's of course, what Francine's known for. She's known for being a good singer. But I feel like this is where, because there isn't, like, a time... There's not, like... Well, maybe not a time limit, but, like, there's no limitation here. So, uh, Jody can she just... She can really showcase... Exactly. Her, yeah. Uh, there was a line here I really liked. I also appreciated Oliver Frensky being in this song, uh, where Francine says, "Go away, or I will scream." My wife was list- my my wife was next to me while we were um, while I was listening to this, and she's and she just said at the end, "I've never related to a song more in my life about just <laughs> wanting to just stay asleep all day." That's oh, great. I, I I just think it's like and. This song really doesn't have a genre to it. Like, I can't really tell what they're trying to go it, for. Here. It's it, it's very it's very broad. I mean, I know you said Broadway, but it's also, like, just kind of broad and big. Like and other songs, you could be like, oh, it's pop, oh, it's Broadway, oh, it's reggae. You can't tell what this one. Mm-hmm. Just, kind of, just almost like an all-purpose show tune kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I I thought you know you listen to it. Thankfully, none of these songs are terribly long. So uh, I thought that by the end, it's a, it gets a little repetitive, but it's a lot of fun. And of course, um, Jody Wrestler does a fantastic job, and we'll kind of uh, continue that talking point as we move into the the next song here. This one's one of the shorter ones. Uh, this pop, one is strange. Pop quiz from Ratburn. My brain's had all it can learn Then it happens, like it or not Pop quiz from Ratburn What's the metric weight of a flea? What is a Grecian urn? Five tough questions every day Pop quiz from Ratburn What's a word that rhymes with cement? So, this, so it's Pop Goes the Weasel is, is yeah. the tune of the song. Yeah. It's very out of place. A little bit, and yeah. It sounds like they're screaming. It sounds it sounds like a song that you would have during like a class recital or something because it's like you have all the kids there and they're just kind of like, like you, come like on you, everybody single. Yeah, He's just like, like it's like kind of scream singing their lines. Yes, like. I don't like the delivery of Arthur singing, like he's reading off a page. It's like weird. It's a little, a little, a little stiff. You find maybe? Yes, very. And I again with the voice when Arthur Holden comes in as Mr. Ratburn. Oh my God, that man can sing. Yes. I mean, well, if we didn't, if we didn't learn anything from homework. Uh, exactly. Uh, he, I mean, he sounds great in this, but I feel like when he just like he explodes into the song halfway through, and it's just like, oh my god, here he is! The pipes on him, the pipes on. He's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 
I mean, this is this is only as good as you as you know as as long as you can stand. Pop goes the weasel, which I mean, I'm not a young child anymore, so my patience. It's really is, not a jam, no, no. No, I'm afraid not. The, the, but the but the best is yet to come. I pro- I promise you. So yes. and and it is pretty short. So yeah. It's- you can you can deal with it for however long it is. Mm-hmm. The next one is our first DW song. Has anybody now, seen? No, I my didn't remember friend? this one at all. So has anybody seen my invisible friend? So, okay, so you mean you can't remember from when you listened to it? No, like, I remembered every other song from this album, like, as a kid. But oh, this okay. one, like, totally, like, escaped my memory. But, so you how, know, how did a you... DW song is always good. So, how did, and you felt and you felt good uh, coming back to it all these years later, like, just I kind like of rediscovering it. it? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so it's DW trying to... F- figure out where nadine is and and, you know it took me way too long it's this is kind of a theme in my life it takes me way too long to get obvious punchlines. so has anybody seen my invisible friend i didn't understand until like halfway through the song i was like oh because you can't see her really took you that (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry bob i'm not i'm not the brightest i'm not the brightest bulb in the drawer Sometimes I, I'm slowly starting to hear it. No, I'm kidding. Oh, ow! No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so this is, uh, I believe it's DW's second voice actor, Oliver Granger, who's doing the voice here. I yeah, he, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I like this voice actor compared to many of the more recent ones, mm. but yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's I I think it's a talent to. I know that sometimes DW's voice can get kind of annoying depending on your mileage with her, but I think it's. But uh, she is annoying, so it kind it's, of. It's very true. I feel like though in song form that can be difficult to express in a way that doesn't make the song unlistenable, and this is definitely very listenable. Yeah, what was that one from the first album? It's like, go to sleep. Yeah, go to, go to sleep. That was it. That's what it's called, yeah. Okay, that was a little bit <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but, but this is uh, listenable. Mm-hmm. And uh, DW is also in the next one, uh, Two Sides of the Story. A souffle is a delicate kind of cake I once made a perfect one That suffered a terrible fate That souffle was dealt an awful beating It crashed to the kitchen floor Before it could be eaten It's the kind of thing that sure does bug you So this one this uh this i i agree i love this one too uh this i i wrote at this point listening through the album it's probably my favorite song so far so totally dw and arthur are in this one for a little bit but it's mostly mom and dad's song and just never happened i mean no i wasn't expecting this at all i wasn't expecting mom and dad to get their own song and i'm very happy they did they have great vocal uh contributions bruce stings more and Sonya, and it's great. Yes, absolutely agreed. Bruce Dinsmore absolutely kills it as dad because we heard we heard him before in Leftovers Goulash, and he's a really good singer, but I felt, again, this was kind of like a step up even from his regular uh, singing voice. I thought this yeah. was fantastic. So, and, and this is, so this is the plot of the episode, uh, oh gosh, I remember, I've, I've, forget the name of the episode but it's the one where they ruined dad's souffle and they're both trying to defend themselves what episode is it um i remember i know what you're talking about yeah Yeah. 
It's from a few seasons ago, so it's been a while since I've seen it. But it's a pretty good uh, recollection of this, except in the episode, Dad is very much kind of beside himself with grief, and here he's a bit more uh, active in the song along with Mom. And uh, I so- gotta admit, they're always good with the albums having episode callback. Mm. They're really good about that. Yeah, they they represent they represent the plot of the episode very well. This is pretty much exactly what happens, and then they but they also add a little bit of flavor in there. Like one of my favorite things is I I forgot to write down what he rhymes it with, but in order to make the rhyme make sense, he he call uh, dad calls her D W, and the only time I remember that happening is when Mister Rogers came to visit, and he also pronounced it D W. So it was oh, a little, that, little bit. I love that episode. That kill a whole another episode that you yeah you probably might, done it but yeah unfortunately we did it pretty early on but uh the, you did give you did give me an idea maybe uh maybe once that movie comes out later this year uh we can talk we can talk about that a little bit that'd be great um so yeah that's this is one of the songs i definitely recommend that you seek out i don't know again not sure how easy it is to find this album or these songs or anything but if you can get your hands on it this is uh this is one that i would definitely recommend one of the standouts of the album now this next song coming up i need to ask you to do something for me okay go to google and look up the album cover Okay, one sec. I just gotta lean forward. All right, so the album cover for Arthur's really rockin' music mix. Okay, so I'm in Google Images and I've got it in front of me. Doesn't it look like he already is snapping his fingers? So, so the image of Francine, DW, and Buster in the recording booth. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So, maybe he recorded that before he took the picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just saw, I just noticed that. That's a good eye, man. I didn't even, like, like I, it, I just I just took a look at him just like, yeah, that's the album cover for you. But I didn't even take a look and see where his fingers were. Like, if you really look at it, yeah. You're so, right. Go into the next one now that I had that little preamble before. <laughs> so it's our first Buster song, a first of many. Uh, I can't snap my fingers. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Sugar Bowl, that master of the melody, Mr. Buster Baxter. Thank you, thank you. I can't snap my fingers It can't be hard to do Well, I can crack my knuckles Mom says that's We talk Well, well apparently he can Yeah um, <laughs> I, think, I think maybe we caught him in the act here uh, Buster sounds as smooth as Michael Buble on this one <laughs> Yes Daniel Brochu uh, really g- getting his inner lounge singer. I always love his vocal performances, but I always love I the part that I always find funny is when he goes, "Thank you, thank you." <laughs> he knows that he's putting on a show. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he he relished being able to kind of cut loose a bit as yeah. as Buster here. Uh, so it's all about how Buster can't snap his fingers and he's got this really jazzy lounge tune and Arthur's trying to eventually comes in, tries to show him how to do it. And it's until you are able to do it yourself, it's really hard, uh, to be able to like try and pick it up. I remember when I was younger about the age I was started watching Arthur and trying to snap my fingers and it took yeah, forever. I can't physically do it because of my disability, but mm-hmm. if I could try, you know, I, I bet it'd be hard. But, yeah, um, it's not easy. Uh, re- yeah, just re- regardless, it's. I mean, I can I can do it now, but that's just simply because I've been doing it for so many years, and it took a long time and many many tears until I was finally able to produce that sound. But it's also like, why is this on the album? <laughs> uh, well, good question. I mean, they must have they must have had some of these don't come from episodes so there must have just been like ideas for songs or maybe even maybe maybe at one point there was an episode idea of like buster doesn't know how to snap his fingers 
Let's uh, make 10 minutes out of that. But you know what would be interesting? With a lot of these songs, to hear the demos. Yeah. That the songwriters would send to the producers to, like, flesh the songs out. Now, that's a, that's a rare find that I bet could be gold on the like Arthur interview. Do, doing the character voice. Like, I just want to hear some of that. Like, that'd be funny. And making a prime example. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's a good song for what it is. This is my, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's my new It's my new favorite after uh, Two Sides of the Story. And I think, spo- uh, a little bit of spoilers here, I think this ends up being my favorite of the album. I think I was just so impressed with the way Buster sounded. And I thought the lyrics were fun, too. There's a, there's a part where, like, Arthur's snapping his fingers. And then he's like, hey, pal, show him. And then, aw, even pal can snap his fingers. Oh, I love that. I thought that was that was kind of fun. So yeah, that's uh, this is this is my new favorite. I think this one also sounds really good if you want to check out this album. Yeah, we get into another uh, kind of episode related uh, song and another here. kind of jazzy one too. Mm-hmm. With fly butterfly fly. Hey, pretty little butterfly, you can fly and fly. But you better watch it, cause this net's called trouble. And if you wanna stay out of trouble, you gotta fly, butterfly, fly. Flip, flop, fly, butterfly. Don't you get caught? Do what your mama and your daddy taught. Flutterby, butterfly, fly high. Now, this was my favorite on the album as a kid. Oh, really? I don't know why. Like, I would always play this one because I first of all I I always loved hearing different types of music as a kid and these albums were great at exposing kids to different styles and mm-hmm. not playing down the style okay they really had the instrumentation and this was one of them um, but I always considered Binky liking like avant-garde and weird music because he's a bully but he likes ballet Mm. and he he does all this other so i always thought of him as like a jazzy dude okay i i mean i definitely agree with you there uh bruce dinsmore again uh the lead singer on this one it's interesting how he has to use a completely different register when he's singing his binky dad's a bit higher and Binky's lower and yeah. he manages to stay in character for both of them you can tell it's Bruce but at the same time it's so like it's he's so talented it's just being able to sing as these different characters must be incredibly difficult mm, yeah but when you're a master voiceover actor like Bruce you can he he, he can be a chameleon and yeah. kind of must just work. come eat must just come easy to someone like him. He's so friggin' talented. Uh, to kind of to kind of jump on what you said, uh, uh, shout out here to the great musicians who have been uh, doing the instrumentation throughout the album. In this one, it's a very fun, almost big band sound going on. I love that. I think I can probably. I think I know. It's it, I, the song's very catchy, which I bet stuck in your mind when you were a kid. I bet that had something to do with it. Yeah, I I enjoy it. Still, when it comes on shuffle, I'm not turning it off. I'm not turning it off. It's great. Now, is this your? It was your favorite when you were a kid. Is it still your favorite of the album? Um, I have to say, two sides of the story is my okay. Favorite. All right, very interesting. We kind of sh- very similar in our picks there, but of, but you but you're still a big fan of Fly Butterfly Fly. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Now the next one, not so much, and I'll get into it. Okay, so this is called D.W.'s Brass in Pocket. And it's a cover. Driving out. 
this took me by complete surprise because I never expected there to be a cover on a children's album, let alone like an Arthur album. And so it's a cover of Brass in Pocket by The Pretenders, which uh, I remember hearing as a kid on uh, commercials, I want to say for Shampoo? Definitely heard yep. about commercials. Mm-hmm. So this one didn't work so much for you. Oh my god, okay. Hing, <laughs> <laughs> it was so sing-songy, and <laughs> she was almost talking the word instead of singing them. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I know what you're saying. It's uh, Especially when you compare it to the actual song, it's like night and, night and day almost. Mm. So it's like I say, like I said before with the previous song, it must be really hard to sing in character. And I imagine that's something that maybe uh, Oliver Granger was having trouble with this one. So instead just went for like speaking as the character instead of singing. As it's like, got brass in pocket. Like, really? <laughs> like just, just try to add a bit more inflect. Like, don't. Don't scream it. You're right. I know you're DW, but don't scream it. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I would be very interested in more DW covers of classic rock songs. Oh my God. I, I don't disagree with what you said. I just think it would be funny. I want, now that you're saying that, I love rock and roll. Yeah, just, I love rock and roll. Yeah. Could you? Or girls just want to have fun. <laughs> like, oh, I can, I can, I can hear that in my head right now. I, I just DW this this voice. We well, we can't do it anymore because unfortunately Oliver Granger has aged okay, out. Maybe of we DW's need voice. a separate album, but it just doesn't fit on this album. Oh, the D, it's and and oh, Nicki Minaj already took the Pink album, so we can't do that. It's good, but uh, yeah, D, uh, songs in the key of DW. I think this I'll, this could this could be something. This could be I'll something. Uh, so okay, not the not the best song on the album here. Check out the original though. I think you. I think. Oh, uh, I love the original. You for sure. It's a really good song. So uh, check that one out if you have to choose. And now a word from us kids. And now a word from me, Lucas Mancini of Elwood City Limits. Don't forget to chat with your Elwood City Limits pals on social media with facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits or at ECL Podcast on Twitter. We also have a Tumblr, elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com and an Instagram, at Elwood City Limits. If you want to send us a question, send us an email and get it read on the show at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. You can find the entire episode archive at elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com or on your favorite podcast service. If we aren't on your preferred podcast app, let us know, and we'll do our best to get on it. Thanks, as always, for supporting us here at Elwood City Limits. Now, back to the show. Uh, the next one coming up is called Elwood City, A Report. Elwood City is the town I live in. It has a population of 60,000, not counting pets. But if you really want to know about Elwood City, the important stuff isn't in the encyclopedia. You need someone like me to show you around. Here's some of the stuff you won't find in books. The mall's real cool. It's all built on silt. Just go to the sales and watch the place tilt. You want to hang out? The Sugar Bowl is cool. It's right by Arthur's in back of the school. Downtown there's a statue under a tree. I'm not really sure who it's supposed to be. He won a big war or blazed an old trail. Or maybe someone just bought him on sale. My report on Elwood City. It was founded in something 03. Buster's tour of Elwood City. Elwood City, it's home to me. Across from the statue, there's a big dome. I think that it might be the president's home. This one I kind of found more, I guess, interesting rather than entertaining. This one was weird to me. Yeah. Why was it weird to you? It was. It just seemed out of place. Okay. Like there wasn't really a need for it. I feel. Mm-hmm. So, because if I remember, 
it's kind of more talking than a song, right? A little bit, yeah. It's not. It's not as kind of. I mean, I listen to it, but it's like sometimes these all blend together, sort of. Yeah, but, yeah. It's a. It's more talking than a song, correct? Yeah, sort of. It's just like all of the kids going around and talking about different facts of Elwood City. It's not like the most musically memorable song on the album. Yeah. I did learn, however, that Elwood City has a population of 60,000. Hey, I, somebody needed to know that, and we figured it out. We know now. So. <laughs> there was also a line here about how they uh, don't, know who the statue is downtown the one with the beard and i oh, yeah. and i think i believe that's is that the statue of jacob katznell and bogan or it is okay so there you go so they, so they would they they, they, they reference it now now that you said that shouldn't there have been an album of the music from that episode i would love it like maybe not a full album but like an ep or something he, yeah that man, they missed it. They missed a trick. They should have because those songs were really good. I love them. So yeah, that one. This one, not much. Not much to report from this one. Uh, nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, not much going on here. We move into uh, our first Muffy, our only Muffy song. I mean, she's in other songs. This is her for her her only feature, Muffy's soccer song. not something that I would normally like because it's kind of an oddball like character to have a song but I like it. Okay. So it's it, the song is basically the plot of the episode Muffy's Soccer Shocker uh, just in song form. Melissa Altro again very good at singing in, in character as Muffy so props to her for that. So what, what do you like about it Bob? I like like, you don't hear Muffy sing a lot, but when you do, like, her, the way she pronounces, the way she says certain, like, words, like, you buy into what she's singing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it helps when you have voice actors who are able to... That are uh, musically inclined. Yeah, well. and, are, and are able to sing as their character. So you're able to just, like... Instead of, oh, this is their voice actor singing a song. It's like, this is Muffy singing. So it helps yeah. you to buy into the, uh, to what they're trying to get you to imagine here. Um, yeah. I, I don't think, I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts on it, but I'm glad that you liked it. I, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, I I like it. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, there are no really like, the song should be outside of Arthur, a number one hit, but it's just fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we can both agree on that. Uh, <laughs> well, that's our only Muffy uh, led song. This is our third song where Buster is the lead singer, and it's called "My Brain." Here we go. Importantly, at least to me, my brain's safe in my hard head. 
This, if I, if I, if I may take your verbiage, Bob, this is a bit of a weird one. Yeah. So it's just kind of like it's a song. About, I thought this was going to be a song by The Brain, who, by the way, I don't even know if he's on this album. He's not. So I thought this was going to be about The Brain, but no, it's literally Buster singing about where the brain is in your body and just kind of it jokes and turns a phrase about, you know, how your your brain can sometimes wander even though it's sitting still. It's very good. like I don't know if you remember those shorts from the seventies, the schoolhouse rock shorts, like the yeah. I'm just yeah, it's very educational television <laughs> song like Sesame Street not even Sesame Street, but more like Okay, we're trying to teach you something in a fun way. Maybe with a character, you know? Which is a weird time in the album. It's like half it's like a little bit over halfway through. Should have been after just... pop quiz from rapper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. There are a couple of like uh random facts in there and stuff like that. So, I never considered this as uh on the educational side of things. I like a schoolhouse rock. Well, you're working with the PBS show, so. Mm, that's gotta... true. Maybe Maybe they had to get that in somewhere. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they can't. They can't. They got to be learning somehow. This next one, uh, another Francine song, and of course you can tell because it's called "Only the Frensky." Your team is losing a hundred to six. You couldn't score if you called in the Knicks. That crazy clock is ticking. You think? You really stink. You hear a whisper as something shoots by. A blur, a swish, and boom, it's a tie. The buzzer buzzes. Oh, wow, you won. But how? Actually, I thought it was about fern. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Only the fern ski? I'm kidding. But like when I, when I heard this, I knew I was in for a treat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love the way Francine sings, and they really, they really do such, such great stuff with her. Vocally, they give her, like, almost vocal acrobatics in some songs. They really know their talent and how to use them. Mm-hmm. And this was a highlight of that. I agree with you. Um, so the idea of this is that Fra- Francine is referring to herself as the Frensky, which is an interesting kind of uh, wrestler name. And that in pr- pretty much, I think it's mainly like sports situations, but in like every situation you need the only the Frensky can, you know, bring you to victory and all this kind of stuff. And don't take offense at the Frensky. Yeah. There's some really fun lyrics in here. I think this is one of my favorites lyrically. Uh, it's very punny. Yes, it is. and oh, But also, with a couple truth bombs in here I liked. So, like, Francine, very true to character, says, Who needs you when you've got me? Which I, I loved. I thought that mm-hmm. was so good. Uh, there's a part in the halfway through the song where the band, where it's, it's revealed that uh, a Francine's friends are playing the band and they kind of get up and leave because they're sick of Francine just singing about herself. <laughs> Buffy has the line, Francine has no idea what it's like to be a person and have feelings, which is, ow, ooh. Well, after the whole Hanukkah thing, do you blame her? No, I guess, I, I, supp- I suppose not. It's Think just... about that! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not refuting it. I'm just saying it's just like, wow. You had, to, you had to throw that bucket of cold water on all at once. Because it still bugs me. <laughs> um, so, in, so eventually Francine realized she she kind of backs down and is like, okay, this time I won't just sing about me. And, you know, it says that, you know, if it wasn't for the people in the band, then there would be no song for me to sing. And I liked, I like this line near the end there. I need you as much as you need me. Which I thought, the, which I thought was very cute. Give me an aww. Yes. So yeah, I agree. This is a this is a very memorable song, and uh, I like it. And like it's it's, it's a very, very standalone song too. Like mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's very easy to it's very easy to recall in your head and uh some really great lines. Again, Jody Wrestler, as you mentioned, Bob is fantastic here and always fun to listen to. So recommend it. This is Yeah, highly. Uh our next one is Mrs. Whatchamacallit, another DW song. I thought that this was very um, sort of whimsical and goofy. I thought it was a fun song. Okay, I liked it. Um, it's not it's not as memorable to me because so I was thinking about this. I was gonna put down the note while I was listening to this song. I said, "Oh boy, I can't wait." Till you know, I have kids, and then they forget my phone messages because that's the whole idea behind the the song. Is uh, DW takes down a couple of phone messages and just like it's from Mrs. Whatchamacallit but about that, her son. Who's but it's this? like that. What they give DW is like, I mean, as I I said it because it's so it's so what DW would do. Absolutely, it's it's actually very true to type for like kids DW's age. Just like if you if you expect them to take to take a message, you're gonna be pretty disappointed. Yeah. Uh, but I, this made me think, like Bob, do you think that kids who are younger than us, like our our kids in the future, do you think that they'll even have to take phone messages anymore? Because I had to do that when I was a kid, but I don't know if our kids will have to do that. No, well, because parents. Most, like, either give them their... Do you know that most homes don't have home phones anymore? I, I, I believe it. Uh, mine's, mine's one of them. But it's but it's it's just it's something I didn't even think about of how that's going to be a thing of the past. Like, kids are going to grow up Maybe and be like... Maybe this song doesn't hold up. Maybe. and But, I mean, it's kind of a fun relic in that sense of just like, oh, remember when we used to have yeah. home phones? I remember I had a couple when I was younger. Um, I also wanted to ask you about the instrumentation, the, ins- the instrumentation of this song, because we have some really interesting uh, instruments on display here. Yeah, we do. The melody is done by, like, a sitar, and then there's also a part, like, a breakdown in the song where we have, like, kazoos. Well... They could have gotten the kazoo kid from that meme, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But yeah, I mean, they always, the musicians go for the unexpected and they really want to showcase different instruments. And I really dug it. Yeah, it was, I mean, I definitely didn't expect a sitar in a DW song, but it sounded really good, and uh, the kazoos, I think, are almost a bit more to her character. It's a little bit more unhinged and uh, childish, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's kind of an it's kind of an interesting one, and, uh, and Bob, you'd, you'd recommend? Yeah, I recommend it. So our next one has to do with one of my favorite characters. It's Fern's Detective Tango. book a stolen pen i must remind you to call me when you've got something of a mystery call me fern detective somebody's gotta help me i'm in big trouble the writing's on the wall and the pathway and the lockers and it's my name but i didn't do it oh yes this one was very, um, it was very character driven, mm-hmm. but it's very firm. So, I could totally picture her listening to tango music or maybe even dancing the tango. It, it 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 communicates her character in uh in a really true way. Yeah. 
I think you're right. It's it's a very like the the tango is you know once you kind of hear it, it gives you a very certain vibe, and there's a kind of smoky mysteriousness to it that I think benefits Fern. I was wondering though, so we have Buster Baxter Private Eye, and in this song, Fern is you know she labels herself. It's just like it's the job of me, Fern Detective, and I think we need a good detective name for Fern. Um. Like Fern P.I. or, uh, I mean, so we've already got Private Eye. That's that's Buster's. Sherlock Fern, something like that. Fern. I Holmes. like Sherlock Fern. Sherlock Fern? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Sherlock Fern. We'll go. And, of course, she has the the um, the cap as well uh, that we've seen her wear. So Sherlock Fern seems pretty appropriate. Mm-hmm. So I, I just didn't, wa- I didn't want her to be left out. So this whole song is kind of about how... There's a there's a mystery afoot, and Binky's the prime suspect. And of course he is. Yeah, but I and I thought maybe this was gonna follow the Binky rules episode, but it, it turns out that by the end we don't know if Binky did it or if he didn't do it. Yeah, I, yeah, we don't really know. We don't get an answer. Binky is adamant that he didn't do it, and I don't. I mean, he's not always a liar so it's it's kind of hard like at the end i kind of didn't know how to feel i was like so did he do it or not like who am i supposed to root for here yeah but fern is resolute that he that he did that he did the crime so i don't know i don't want to go against either of them they're both my favorite characters you can't really go against them you know Anyway, uh, you you you've you've talked a couple times about how it introduces different types of music, and I'm sure that kids wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be familiar with tango before uh, hearing a song like this. Well, unless you know, I and here's something I feel like, and this will shock you, mm-hmm. like that style of music was used so much. In early 2000s, kids TV, like in scoring and in songs, so maybe they have. I think I know what you mean. I feel like there's there were a lot of cartoon gags about how, you know, two characters dancing the tango with like, a, like one's got a rose in their mouth and they like, they do the dip and all this kind of thing. So I think, I think I kind of know what you're getting yeah, at. Yeah, you see it, you see it a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 funny. It's one of those things that you don't think about, but then you, then the moment you do, you're like, oh yeah, that was kind of prevalent, wasn't it? Yeah. So our next one is, for some reason, I can't believe it's Arthur's only featured song in this album. My echo doesn't sound like me. My echo doesn't sound like me. My echo doesn't sound like me I haven't changed, I'm still the same But my echo doesn't sound like me It's not what it used to be My echo doesn't sound like me I went to Echo Point with my... Who was Arthur's voice at this point? This was, I believe this was Justin Bradley was his name. This was the voice actor who was only Arthur for a single season. Okay. And and it's, it's notable because uh, around midway through that season, his voice dropped. So, like, Arthur sounded a lot older. So, I th- think they had to replace him after that. Oh, uh, yeah. Any, like, this song is very interesting topic-wise. Hmm. But it's a good song for an Arthur song. I mean, what do you think about it? So I I think that the idea behind this song, when you really think about it, when you think about it too much, maybe is it's kind of it's a little it's like a little bit of a horror story because it's all about how they go to a canyon for a field trip. Everybody tries the echo thing, and then Arthur's echo says the exact opposite of what he says. But then he makes friends with his echo, and by the end of the song, the echo follows him everywhere. Sounds like something out of Stranger Things. Yeah, or like I don't know, maybe not Black Mirror, but like the Twilight Zone or something. Yeah, it's just like oh, that I wouldn't want that to happen. Like think about an echo following you around, even if it repeated everything you said, it's still like gives me the creeps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I did can... you think? 
I thought that it was very inventive. Mm. Like, like, if I was talking about, like, a going on a trip and trying the Echo thing, I wouldn't think of that. No, so it's... Whoever wrote it, that, I... Like, it's interesting what they think of. It's, it's like, earlier on when we were talking about how Buster couldn't like couldn't snap I was like well maybe that was an episode I have a hard time believing that this could have been an episode just because it's a little bit it's almost sci-fi yeah or like fantasy or something it's just a little bit too fantastical I feel like it would have been a (laughs) two-parter you think that could have been a two-parter yeah maybe maybe yeah first part he uh first part he the echo disagrees with him and then the second part is the echo falling around and him getting rid of it he's trying to cope with it yeah Ooh. This could be. This could get real personal. Yeah. And then that's our that is our final song oh, of the yeah. album. Okay. So our final track on the album is Goldilocks and the Bears Trio, as told by Sue Ellen. What are you gonna sing, Sue Ellen? I can't sing. Hey, we finally found something that Sue Ellen can't do. But I've written a play in stereo. Here are your parts. I'm the narrator. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there were three bears. Daddy Bear. That's me. Hi. Big Mama Bear. I love being married to Daddy Bear. Hey, that's not in the script. Okay. Oh, well, Francine. first of all, <laughs> she's trying to be a beatnik so bad. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Um, and I just thought, why is this here? Yeah, this was, this is an odd thing to put at the end. Um, it, it is a real, like, why did they add this in this way? Because, you know, it's like they introduce it as Sue Ellen is going to, uh, narrate the three bears or is going to do the next thing. And she's like, I can't sing. So I'm going to just narrate this. And it really is just three and a half minutes of basically an audio drama of the three bears with some of the Arthur characters. Now, what were you, as a first time listener of this, what were you thinking? Um, I was just kind of thinking when the song was going to start and then it just kept going. And I'm like, Oh, there is no song. Is there Were you like, is this going to be a song? Yeah. Yeah, I was. And, I mean, the the stuff they have in here is, is funny, but it's just I wonder what made them not want to make it a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the fact that, quote-unquote, Sue Ellen can't sing, I imagine. You don't that might think be... a lot of this is ported over from episodes that they couldn't use or something? Maybe. Um it's. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they were, if they planned to do a three bears thing with Arthur and it didn't pan out. I mean, they've done similar episodes like that where they've done Alice in Wonderland and other types of books like that. Um, we do get uh, a couple of uh, prime fodder for ship material uh, in this song. Uh, Francine has a line uh, where it's, it's, uh, because Arthur's playing Papa Bear and. Francine's playing Mama Bear, and she's like, I'm Mama Bear, and I love Papa Bear. And Arthur's like, ew, Francine. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to keep that going, you sure you sure can. And there's a, another thing with Binky and Sue Ellen where uh, uh, baby is, uh, baby. Binky is playing Baby Bear, and so Sue Ellen keeps calling him Baby, and then he's like, okay, Sugar? Like, he's reacting like it's a pet name for him. So if you want to keep that Binky and Sue Ellen ship going, I mean, there's a bit of evidence here. Uh, I, I also I can, really... I can only yeah. picture the writers. Like, I need to know who did this. Yeah, I'd love to know. Again, I wish I had a physical copy of this so I could I'll gra- check out the I'll liner. grab mine and I'll tell you. I'd love to. I'd love to see the liner notes on this one. What I'll do uh, is I'll uh, scan it later. And oh, awesome. It. Thank you. I'd lo- I'd, that would be awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and I also liked there, there's a part where Binky's like, I don't want to be Baby Bear. Can I be like a race car driver from the south? And we get a little bit of uh, Binky doing like a Ricky Bobby type voice. Yeah, pre-Ricky really Bobby. We're setting the trend. Yeah, really. This is like five years before that movie came out. Maybe we know where they got it from. Yeah, well, I doubt 
you know, Will Ferrell is somewhere watching Arthur <laughs> or listening you, to an Arthur album. You like, never know. Like maybe, he's on the he'll... set of Elf just with his disc man listening to this, listening maybe, to this album. Maybe one of his kids or one of his like little nieces or nephews. Like all they wanted to listen to was Arthur's really rocking music mix, and then it was in that last song that he got the idea for Ricky Bobby. Um, I wouldn't hold your breath. No, but but who but who's to say? Maybe we'll never know. I mean, if you if if you if you found inspiration for that movie character from a place like this, maybe you might want to just kind of keep that under wraps. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, a little bit of an odd way to end off the album with basically a short audio drama here. And it's it's just the Arthur characters doing the three bear story. And then that's the end of the album. That's it. Yeah. That, that's it. And it's certainly uh, not a not a big time investment. Uh, I, I think the longest one is the last track. It's like three and a half minutes long. Yeah. And you know what? As I say... As I tell you that I grew up with this album as a kid, I never owned it. Okay. I always rented it from, or borrowed it from the library. They ah, had it. And, uh, perfect. Arthur would want it that way. I would. Uh, yeah, because there are Arthur books and lots of other books, too, at your local library. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that. It's a very brief exposure, yeah, but I know of it, and I own it now, so. So, uh, returning to this album after you used to listen to it as a kid, uh, Bob, overall, what do you think of Arthur's really rockin' music mix? It's just that, a mix. It's very disjointed, Mm -hmm. but there are some good songs here. I agree. Would you say the same? I I would, and but in fact, I think I'm a little bit more positive on it. I because I was thinking about it. So we have the three Arthur albums, and of course, you can go back to our other two reviews and check those out as well. And I was trying to figure out which one that I liked the best because the one that I grew up with was the very first one. I had that on tape. Oh, me too. I I have fond memories of that. I remember upon revisiting it though that there were a lot of songs that kind of didn't didn't hit for me. I found that one to be pretty uneven. And, of course, you and I talked about Arthur's Perfect Christmas, and it's kind of different because it's a Christmas album, and there's that a lot of... kind of, like, spoofy, and... Yeah, very... yeah, there was a lot of standards on there, so it's kind of hard to judge. I remember liking it, though. Um, and I think just, like, pound for pound, or track for track, maybe, I think this album, Arthur's Really Rockin' Music Mix, is probably my favorite. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love it, but you have to admit the track listing is disjointed. It's it's yeah it's a it's a mixed bag like like you said there's there's a couple of things in here that don't really work very well at all but the things that I liked I really enjoyed yeah and and uh, it would be between this or the Christmas album for my favorite and I might have to give a listen to our review again to just kind of refresh my memory but I I had fun with this and I think another great thing is that it's a short length yeah. like there's not enough time for it to get like too long or annoying or anything. It's just like, okay, we're in and we're out. So that's, yeah, my, a, that's a big my favorite, like my favorite Arthur thing that, that I, I rediscovered because of our last talk was, was Binky's, um, was the, he's like afraid of Santa Claus or something. Oh yeah. That, the, that, I think that was one of the last songs from the perfect Christmas album. That, killed me <laughs> like after listening to it like like he goes from north or south he's coming to atlanta or something just like yeah. Uh, oddball there's a of, yeah there's a lot of a lot of off the wall lyrics in there um well i'm glad that to a degree it held up for you bob i know it's not maybe not as beloved as it was when you were a kid but did you have fun revisiting it yeah I mean, it's always fun to hang out with you and talk about this show, because for a while, nobody really understood my uh, love for it. So, at least I can talk to you and many others about this show. Uh, 
So. Absol- absolutely. And you have a very good talent for uh, f- uh, getting people from Arthur on your show. So, Bob, before we end off here, uh, please tell everybody about the DJ Bob show and all of your projects that you have going on. Well, the DJ Bob show has been on a bit of a hiatus hmm. because um, it's hard to, you know... Do a weekly thing with summer going on and all that. But now we're back. And there are some interviews coming up that I really can't talk about. I'll tell you well off off, off the Ooh, air. But okay. There are some that really connect with you. And it's not Arthur related. Oh, oh my goodness! Okay, so uh, there's that, and you know, one of the more recent ones we did was Bob West, the voice of Barney the Dinosaur, another PBS staple. That's right, and that was a good chat. And then we're just going for the odd and kind of irreverent interviews and content that people really don't talk about much and I want to be that vessel to bring it out. Well, I think you do a very good job of it, Bob. It's it's always it's always a good day when I'm kind of like like si- sidewinded by like, wait a minute, Bob got who? Wow. Yeah, like they, Barney the like the voice of Barney the Dinosaur. That happened by accident. I mean, I, and I think you and I are going to have a long talk after we stop recording about future guests because i think you're gonna love some of them okay all right so i'm i i need to hear about these so i'm gonna say that's that's a wrap on arthur's really rocking music mix maybe you'll be able to find it somewhere and perhaps uh you know what uh, i might do yo what's up i might put it on youtube Ooh, now that would be doing the arthur community a big service because it's not available no, it's not. And and of course, please please let us know if you end up doing that so I can make sure everybody can listen to this. I don't know if I should do it track by track or full album, but I'll figure it out. All right. Well, keep your eyes peeled on YouTube. You may be able to find it if any of these songs sound good to you. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to check them out real soon. So that's our final album review, but don't worry. I'm sure DJ Bob will find his way back to Elwood City Limits sooner or later. I will be back. I was, I was kind of like, kind of like, uh, you know, kind of waiting to come on for the 100th epic or the Elwood City Turns 100, but... You guys beat me to that, um, but I'm ha- I'm happy to come back anytime you want. Awesome. Well, Bob, it's been great catching up with you again. Uh, that's and that's Elwood City Limits for this week. Hoping to start uh, season eight coming up in September. My name's Will Young, and for DJ Bob, see you later. See you later. God, I'm a dork. <laughs>